Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Online Program, which teaches you how to turn your story into a successful speaking and online coaching business. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Jane Murray. She's the founder and CEO of PeaceBeam, board advisor, mentor, entrepreneur, kindness capital pioneer, and author. Jane, welcome to our podcast. Hi, Christopher. Thank you for having me. So when I see words like peace or kindness, that puts a big smile on my face. But then I also see when you re reverse your life a little bit, you also, or actually you might still be in, in venture capital. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I lived in the Bay Area and my <laughs> experience of people in venture capital aren't always very kind or peaceful. So I'm curious, you have been in venture capital and, I'm, and that's like... What's, what compelled, inspire you to go from being in the VC world, or at least, again, from my perspective, they weren't always the most kind, uh, peaceful person. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious. That's my impression, by the way. That's not what you are or are not. Oh, oh, I mean, in fairness, but, I think it's, 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 uh, it's accurate. It certainly was my impression as well. So, well, uh, Christopher, I'm a lawyer by profession and background, and I was, I have been for about, you know, a very long time now, a quarter of a century. Um, and I was involved in venture capital, I ran a fund for about 15 years. Um, and it was, uh, it was at a time when we'd had the first kind of dot-com boom in the early 2000s. And we had been very successful in that because our sweet spot for investing was in um, mobile telecoms. Um, and, you know, I kind of grew up uh, professionally in that world. And I always found it um, a struggle, really, because the values and the methodology and um, the kind of skill sets that you develop in that world were, were not uh, native to me, I would say. And I kind of, uh, around sort of my late 20s, I found that I, I, I needed to develop some way to sort of stay sane in that <laughs> environment. And so I kind of began a, 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 a long um, journey for me into, into the self, you know, self-development, spirituality. And so I, I sort of ended up leading this kind of double life, you know, sort of whereas like a lawyer in venture capital by day and then uh, had ended up teaching fourth way philosophy in London for, for a great te Teaching what? Something called fourth way philosophy, which is a system of, of, of philosophy. Um, Interesting. Developed by... Um, somebody called Gurdjieff. And so I was kind of, so I had this very double way of being. And, you know, you can manage that for a while, but I think I found as I, as I got older and as I observed the impact of our incredibly narrow system of values where everything's reduced to the single metric of financial, uh, I, it became harder and harder for me to kind of marry those two sides. And in about 2015, the, I had a major kind of uh, series of events and series of life changes. And I just thought, you know, now would be the time to pick, to pick which you're going to do. And Peace Beam kind of came out of that summer of 2016, which I'm sure you remember, we certainly remember in the UK, which was the Bre Brexit referendum. And then the, the beginning of that uh, incredibly divisive election cycle in the US. And I just, I saw that, um, kind of Pandora's box was open in terms of the lack of kindness, the lack of regard, 
the lack of sense of values that we were all experiencing collectively. And my sense was, you know, that what people needed was an opportunity to reset and to, to pull themselves back from the kind of extremists that everybody found themselves in with these polarized positions and polarized views and fear and all of the overwhelm that goes with that. And sort of peace beam came out of that. And from my own practices that I developed over the years that you can actually access your wiring for empathy and compassion quickly. Um, and, you know, it doesn't require you to sort of, you know, withdraw to a mountaintop or anything like that. So came out of <laughs> Unless you want that. to. <laughs> Unless you want to. And, you know, but, you know for, for most people, <laughs> that isn't possible. Um, certainly not for, you know, single mothers like me. That's not possible. So you have to find another way to do it. Um, right. and I, I love that. Yeah. And I'm looking at some of the accomplishments you've made, meaning with the Peace Beam, you've had 250,000 users from 47 countries. And going back to what you said about going off to the mountain, but I've been meditating for 20 plus years and mindfulness meditation. Now it's proven by science with Harvard that it does literally change the neuroplasticity. And that's why I just found it very fascinating because when you're talking about your story and your journey, Jane, it sounded like there was a, a misalignment with who you were and what you were doing. And then mm. now you seem to be more in alignment. And, and I want to really encourage the listeners that we all have this compass inside Steve Jobs, when he gave a speech at Stanford over 10 years ago when he was alive, he talked about how he would ask himself in the mirror every day, is what I'd be doing what I'm doing now if this is the last day I'm alive? And right. if there are so many days that I kept saying, no, I wouldn't do it. And again, going back to the alignment of whether you or myself, I find that a lot of people, if they're not happy with themselves, or there's this constant struggle as what you're saying, this tear, there's a reason for that. And thankfully for you, you, you had the courage to move it forward, but also you have a very unique background, Jane, because I meet a lot of people that are very peace-loving and spiritual, which is great, but they don't have a VC background or a lawyer background. And that gives you just massive awareness of scalability. And really, it's not just helping two people or five people. You can literally help the world. So can you perhaps share with our listeners more from a macro standpoint how VCs view things? So you already have this background as a lawyer and as VC. So when you built this peace beam, what were some of the just basic things that listeners that aren't familiar with the VC world, they won't even think that way. Well, I think, uh, I mean, that, you know, that's an interesting question. And I think um, it, what, having, coming from the background and with the lens of a VC, what it enabled me to do was to be very clear from the beginning that the kinds of business that Peacebeam, and, and Peacebeam, by the way, originally kind of started as a social movement, but, you know, business and startups are in my blood. And so, you know, eventually kind of, we ended up doing that. And initially we were going to do like everybody else does and build an app and all the rest of it. Um, uh, and, you know, during that process, I suddenly, I, I really had to come to kind of terms with the fact that if we did go down that avenue, it would mean sacrificing the kind of heart and the direction of the company. Because if we, if we went out to the VC community, um, you have to accept that the that is governed entirely by a return on investment, right? Yeah. And, and everybody is very transparent about that. And um, yeah, and rightly so, right? Because the VC has responsibility to its LPs and, and all the rest of it for a particular return. And so businesses like Peacebeam or very heart-based businesses are not necessarily compatible with that model. So I sort of made a decision early on. We pitched maybe about two or three to my existing network. Um, and I just 
realized that you know we, we would have i personally and the team would have to sacrifice so much if we were going to go down that direction and so we made a decision to grow organically and leanly and to put our money where our mouth was kind of metaphorically speaking and use multiple forms of capital that because you know it, one of my obsessions is is about the value and our narrow value system which underlies all of the problems that we have in this world from climate change to the mental health crisis um, and so we, we decided that we would grow the company with those values. So everybody got the same, it's the, the same equity. It was a kind of a completely non-hierarchical share split. There are, there are some issues with that, but that's probably another conversation. <laughs> um, so, you know, we tried all of these. And, and so we really lived the kind of those edgy, radical ideas to see, well, do they work or don't they work? And that emerged into kind of pay, which is, we're about to launch that in October. We've been experimenting and testing that for the last nine months. And that is the idea that we will accept um, three acts of kindness or money. You can use both on our platform. So you can pay for our products, uh, our digital products, which are meditations uh, with money, or you can go out and do three acts of kindness, write and tell us about it, and we'll give you a voucher. And the idea of that is to kind of radically embody the, 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 the reality as we see it, that you know, small acts of kindness have these tremendous ripples that affect, affect everybody. And we're, we as a company are well, willing to recognize that value, that if you, if you go and you're kind to your neighbor, not directly, it doesn't affect our lives, but in the collective, it affects everybody's lives. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where we are with that. And that, you know, is not catnip to the VC community, I can tell you. But I think we're... What I'm starting to see is the beginning of a real recognition that we have to go beyond the ideas that we have of social impact or greenwashing or consciousness washing or any of these things that you know we're involved in and actually really goes to the kind of DNA and the nuts and bolts of uh, what a company means and how do we invest in them and what does investment mean. And maybe move beyond the idea, not for all investments, but for some, that you move beyond the idea of a five-year plan or return to, you know, what does a, what does a 500 year return look like? Right. Yeah. So, no, that's yeah. great, Jane. I mean, even you look at someone like Jeff Bezos, who's the most successful entrepreneur in the world. He has this project, I think it's called like the 10,000 year clock. And mm -hmm. It's one of the side projects, but it like every hundred years or every thousand years. But again, like people who are macro thinking people don't see things day to day in respects of how they plan things. That's why I was very curious from your perspective. So Jane, thank you so much for being on our podcast. How can our guests connect with you and stay in touch with you? Uh, well, I mean, by all means, um, you can email peacebeam at smiles at peacebeam.com if anybody you know has any questions or anything. And, um, and I, we're about to launch Kind of Pay in October. And so, um, you know, if people sign up for our newsletter and then get involved in that, we'd be delighted because... Uh, that's kind of where our heart is now. Did you say the email is smiles at peacebeam.com? Great, yeah. great, great. Jane, thank you again for being on our podcast. Have a great day. Oh, thank you, Christopher. Thank you for listening to the Gifters Podcast. If you want to learn how to turn your story into a successful speaking and online coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com to learn more.